Hey, this is Felissa Rose. I'm Angela Baker in Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to Midwest Monsters Podcast. Yeah! I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We return again on our new phase. We'll continue to call it that for the time being as we rotate hosts. Uh, I am Professor Wagstaff, joined by... Mad Jan. And Rybones. Glad to have you back, Rybones. Uh, Tonight, we are diving into the Monster Mash again. Uh, I know I'm the only one who cares about numbering them, so let me go ahead ahead and mention this is number 20. 20? Uh, Just a fun tidbit for the listener. We joke about that, but in all reality, the reason I do that is because you cannot tell what you're listening to on iTunes if I don't get a title. (laughs) Um, We can't include all the movies in the name, so once we start getting into more and more episodes... Uh, it's easier reference back to go find them that way. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. As I said, we are in the Monster Mash, so we each arrive this evening at the table with a movie that we selected for each other to watch and discuss. Mad Chan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you picked? Uh, I chose Lights Out. Uh, just saw it this year. Couldn't wait to share it with you guys. Great, great. Rye Bones? Um, I picked uh, The Uninvited. Any particular reason why? Because um, I watched it in the last month and it was good. All right. <laughs> and uh, I picked uh, Blood Diner for just a couple of reasons. One, uh, to celebrate uh, the new line uh, from Vestron Video and the releases that they're doing. I know that uh, a lot of people are you know, picking those up and this will be a, a fun addition for them to uh, add in with the ones that surely at least the first couple they're going to pick up. And I like Blood Diner. Um, it's not for everybody. I had seen it before. Um, it's, uh, the easiest way for me to compare it is it's a good pairing with Street Trash, uh, but not quite as sleazy as, as, uh, Street Trash, but still like it nonetheless, and that's why I picked to cover it, uh, but we're gonna start off first, uh, with Mad Chan's selection, Lights Out, if you could give us some, uh, basic information on that one. Uh, Lights Out, 2016, di- uh, directed by David F. Sandberg, and written by Eric Heisser. Uh, and it's based on Sandberg's short film, uh, starring Teresa Palmer, Gabrielle Bateman, Billy Burke, and Maria Bella. Um, Lights Out is basically the, uh, the story of a little boy and his older sister who are being haunted by some dark being that can only survive 
when the lights are out. And it, she disappears or it disappears in the sunlight or in daylight or any kind of light. And it's getting to the point where it's affecting their everyday lives. And uh, initial thoughts, Bones? Um, it was visually really good. You know, so like... What I mean by that is, like, it's a 2016 movie, so I watched it in high def, and it looked really good. You know, a lot of times, you know, in, in particular when I've done episodes with you guys in the past, it's always, we pick a lot of older films, right, <laughs> you know? Right, right. So this one was, like, crisp and clean and brand new, and uh, matter of fact, I... I like I, that uh, that's, his, uh, that's his thing. It looks it looks good. <laughs> the, the sound was good. It's, yes, I was listening on Bose headphones, noise canceling. And, uh, no, but it was just, it, it looked really good. Right. I thought the... Uh, the idea of the film that there's something in the shadows that you can't see, or there's something in the shadows, but if you shine light on it, it goes away. That's kind of terrifying. Like that makes you want to walk around with like a coal miner's like hat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, like screw this. You know, but it was it was it's probably the best one I I'd seen uh, in in, uh, in the last month. Awesome. For sure. It's, it's just as far as premise. Right. Uh, the premise was great. Yeah, my initial thoughts were. Um, I remember the short, which I thought was profoundly effective. Um, and when I, you know, caught wind of the title of this, I hadn't followed the the progression of the director getting to translate this into a feature film. Uh, but I remember, you know, when I saw the title, Lights Out, I thought, huh. It made me think of that short and then come to find out quickly right. um, that it was actually the director of that short expanding yeah. it into a feature film. Um I was surprised. I I really enjoyed it more than I expected to. I thought that the source material from the short was, you know, obviously what it is, which is just a couple of minutes and a, a basic gimmick um, that I thought might be, a, you know, just not enough to make a film worth watching. Um, but, you know, what, now, was Juan a producer on this? Because it had all the flavorings of a James Wan film. Um, if he was, I don't know. I couldn't remember. I didn't look that up right before. I, I really, honestly, I, I didn't. Look, I should have. It's look. okay, but the my point for that is that it is, uh, it's very much like a Conjuring in in many ways. Right, right, um, right. It doesn't quite have the flair and the vision of a James Wan film. It falls short on that a little bit. It but in fairness, really, most yeah. people do these days. Right. Um, but yeah, no initial thoughts were I I had a blast with this and and honestly enjoyed it much more. Than I thought I would. I'd already bought it, you know, just because I, I <laughs> right. just oh, you, you bought it on DVD. I had it on Blu-ray before he even picked it. I just had it <laughs> oh, really? yeah. like I was so excited to watch this. So when he picked it, I was like, oh, perfect. I was, you know, I'm gonna watch that probably in the next week, yes. anyways. Yes, so. Juan was a producer on this oh, film. Perfect, then. Really? yeah, because this like the the musical cues reminded me a lot of uh, his movies from you know the Conjuring franchise and Insidious. Right. So. Yeah, I couldn't remember or not if he was, but um, yeah, no initial thoughts. I enjoyed it. Right on. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, and I'm glad Ryan, you while it looked good. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, I saw this. This was one of the ones. Um, Hot Toddy always says uh, you vote with your dollar, and I, I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. So when new horror comes out to the theater, uh, I try to go as often as I can. I miss some. But this was one I had to make sure I was in the seats for, man. And I saw this one opening weekend, and I was just pumped because our Monster Mash just happened to coincide with the release of this movie on DVD and Blu-ray. So it just happened to coincide, and I was like, well, that's my pick. Had it been a couple weeks later, or a week later, I'd have chose Don't Breathe. 
I yeah. like new horror, I and I like yet, new sus- I yeah. like new suspense. I'm excited to see that. So too. Yes. I've been voting a lot the past couple of years with my dollar, and uh, I was I've been I've been happy, and this didn't let me down because it had all the elements that you need for a good old fashioned scary movie. Yes, and it didn't try to be more than it was. It had a storyline that was it just gave it to you. It's like here, um, this is what's happening. Uh, this is how we're moving forward. This is how we're moving forward, and then you just kind of it just kind of takes you on a ride. That whole last, you know, that whole third act when they're getting to the house for the overnight just takes off. It's just like here we go. It, it is a classic uh, uh, storyline in the fact that it it usually with a horror film sometimes it's forty five minutes to an hour before it really gets crazy. Right, like the first forty five minutes of, of most horror films, 30, 45 minutes, you know, is a lot of like innuendos to set things up for the later acts and this is no exception right uh but it pays off okay in the in the end you know it it gives you a good like um benchmark for where they're going well i feel like the first third of this movie and in your first act it's like the first act is like okay there's this thing the second act just comes right out and goes this is what the thing is the third act is all right try to get away from it Thought, well, yeah. Instead of trying to figure out the the ruse at the end, it's like no, no, no. Starting of Act Two, here's what's going on, I and we all know it. So just lazy. go. I thought the second act was lazy. Really? I I did. I did. I thought the first was a good build up. The third was an okay payoff, but the second just seemed kind of like, boy, they just threw it all out on Jump Street. Like here it is. This is you know they, well, I they like gave your, so much. I didn't away. like your movie either. Well, I, <laughs> it's I'm fine. Just teasing, no, I'm teasing you, it, It's on Snapchat. You can follow me. You can know. No, but go, <laughs> Professor. Uh, I think that uh, very often really good horror can be traced to one of two things. I think either if you have incredible music um, or very basic concepts is when you get the best horror. Now, yeah. the music in this was fine. It was effective, but nothing to write home about. It's not... You know, The Exorcist or Halloween or Suspiria. Some of the Psycho, these movies that were elevated by these incredible scores. Right. But what this does have is a very basic concept. Light and dark. Um, <laughs> you know, there's good in the light and safety. Yeah. And right. there's fear of the unknown and dangers in, in the dark uh, avenues of life. Right. And we make that palpable. I mean, it is literally the whole premise of the film. Uh Almost as touchable as that Evan Williams you just heard. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, I, 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 I want to make a cameo here. I just evidently is going in. It looks like a martini shaker. God knows what's getting ready to be made. <sighs> well, I'm kind of doing a point in the episode where I'm just like, you know what? You're going to hear me drink. Okay, going to happen. I respect that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think that that is the most impressive thing about this is free, very frequently when we have a horror movie that makes a little bit of a splash or a big one, mm-hmm. the thing that is frequently said is. I can't believe somebody hadn't done that already. Right. Oh, especially with this. See, you talked about the short earlier. I'd seen the short, and when everybody told me about it, I didn't realize I'd seen it already. Mm. I didn't realize that's what it was. Yeah. Until, like I said, and then you go sit down and watch this. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, love the premise. What, and to go back to the very basic concepts, what I, you know, what I kept thinking about when I was watching this is when I was a kid, I, I, as you know, I loved horror my entire life. It's always been a central theme for hobbies and interests. I didn't have nightmares a lot. They right. didn't really scare me very often. There's only been a couple of films that actually like screwed me up. You know what I mean? Right, me nightmares. Right. But one thing that I could trace back to uh, of a 
very clear fear for me uh, was turning out the lights at the end of the night and having to go upstairs and be the last one up. Because in the you summertime, <laughs> yeah, and well, I'll be honest, the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries sure as hell did. Oh, oh my son! Oh, yeah, which was frequently on in the summertime, and I would sit down there and watch, and it would just have me on edge because I'd be like, "Well, they didn't catch them. <laughs> that means they're out in the world, which yes. is ten feet away from me." Yes, and so when I would have to flip the light out. I would I would hit it and I would run up the steps. Yeah. And you know, even back then I can remember thinking, well what does this change? If there's something behind you, it's gonna get you. But the difference is you run is man. things can be scary in front of you, but you see them. Right. There's there's an extra level of fear that is created when you cannot see, when you're vulnerable and you can't defend yourself in a way that gives you any shred of confidence. And so then we reel this back to the very basic concept of this, which is, you know, when you can't see it, you're in trouble. And I think that that is very, very effective for any any viewer. It doesn't matter if you've seen a thousand movies or this is your third. Right. It's a very basic concept that I think is executed well and that I, I think that they don't try and, and I, they don't try and do too much with it. That was my biggest prop yeah. to this film. And I don't mean that in a, a derogatory way. You know, it's not, that's not a bad thing. I liked that we kept it simple right. and kept it effective. Because then when we've got like a climax scene with the boyfriend out in the driveway. Oh, man. That's so good. That is wonderful. That is executed damn near flawlessly because we've got him running. And we even have it in the details there that the soft glow of the exterior light outside, which really doesn't even seem like a light, right. he's safe in. And as soon as he runs under that little like terrace driveway entrance thing, yeah. that's right. a, what a matter of five, six feet. Right. This thing comes out and wallops him oh, and has him up in the air suspended. And it looks great because why? We're in the dark. We don't have to see the flaws right. of, of what's going on. We can see the silhouette of it. That's scary. Oh, and then definitely. the genius idea of flipping on the, the lock on the car to turn the lights on, which yeah. then drops him and still looks great because it's gone. Right. It's just, right. I mean, there's many great sequences in this. And right. one other thing I do want to mention that I liked about this film is I feel like the unsung hero of this is Maria Bello. Yes. She's a very seasoned actress who must have just took this role because she believed in it because there was not a lot of screen time for her. It sure as hell was a, quite an ending. Um, but her character in the small portions that she had carried so much depth and, and made a very basic story run so, so much deeper. And so, you know, tip of the hat to her, I thought mm -hmm. that in a, in a very small role... She changed this movie and made it no longer a run-of-the-mill young person's horror movie, and just she made it a film. Right. Um, and I respect that. So, so those were my initial, you know, likes about the film. Oh, definitely. And we usually on this show we get into a lot of where where I'm always like, spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, this is a pretty new movie. So. Well, yeah, yeah. So we're, I'm going <laughs> to hold off. I'm going to hold off on a lot of that because yeah. I want you to go out and check this out. And totally. I like. Oh man! Yeah, let's just... just say this: if you're new to the show, if this is by some chance your first time listening to it, yeah. maybe for this movie, right? Turn it off. We're you know what just I mean? go like, watch it. Like giving you fair warning right now, we're getting ready to spoil the movie, and that way yeah. you can talk about it. Yeah, because yeah. most of the people know we spoil movies. Yes, uh, but this is, that's a good point though. This is a brand new movie that right. might attract some some people to. I mean, it's only hear. been out. It's I mean, a matter of weeks at this yeah, point yeah. for the for the vast majority of people who don't go to the theater. It just came out, but. 
So this, yeah, I'm with this you. is your final warning. If, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so turn us off. Go watch us some bitch. Getting ready to spoil. <laughs> I'm giving them. Oh man, the black light sequence. Yes. All right, we said spoiler. The black light sequence got me. That was a perfect way for you to be able to see the monster, yeah. see the monster's world with the writing on the the literal writing on the yeah. wall yeah. to see what's going on. You keep the monster in view, and we have she has a flashlight to boot, yeah. so you see the monster and watch it disappear in the same swing of a flashlight. Dude, the effects in this movie were pulled off great. Yes, and she was legit scary. Mm-hmm. She really was. She was legit scary to the point where it made me kind of do that second guess after seeing it for my second viewing. I was like, man, I got to flip these lights off right now. I know <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, not yeah, there, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, it's dark in the house. I'm I get see up, something out of the corner of my eye. I get up yeah. very early for work, and at 4 in the morning, the house is pitch black. And that first morning, I walked out here. I flipped on a few lights on the way. I flipped on the hall. I flipped on the kitchen. I was like, "Yeah, I'm that's, good, that's man." Good point, though, it was it legit got me to stress and kind of build what I was yeah. saying too, which is that I don't care how tough you are, right? How old you are, and it may not be every day or every time, but I think we as human beings all very frequently tap into what I was talking about with that fear of the unknown. By when you flip that switch, you're kind of worried, like. What if I see something move? Because <laughs> yeah. they were waiting for it to be dark. Yeah, right. you know I mean, like that's that is a human instinct that this movie completely exploits. And I, that's I think you know notable. Oh, definitely. I, definitely. I, I think very frequently it's easy to not appreciate contemporary horror movies mm-hmm. because they don't have the romantic charm of being celebrated and having cult followings. It's brand new. It's just it's there for absorption. But I think I think this one will will be appreciated long term in in the way that James Wan films are. The um, oh, the red blinking tattoo tattoo sign. Oh, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. It, yeah. it yes. took me back to, and I know it's been in other movies, but the thing that I always like to go back to is that <laughs> one paranormal activity where the oscillating fan, where they had they had put the camera on top of the fan, and as it pans away and then pans back, and they do this like fifteen times, and then on the sixteenth time you see something standing behind her. I love that because you, this red light's going off. And coming on and going off and you're just like you're praying oh, for that thing to you're, light you're up. waiting for that thing to light up, dude. You're just waiting on it, and it's so good. And, and the fact that the next morning, I think I believe it's the next morning, she yeah. finds like where the creature was, or right, Diana right, or whatever, right. is like scratching things in the floor. Right. You're like, okay, that wasn't a dream. And it was the oh, and the like when she's in that bedroom, and she's just like Diana. Oh, she's like. I'm not going. Diana. She's like, I'm not going back there. And rips the girl up into the air. Yeah, that's what you're yeah. talking about because you can see the silhouette of her hanging down here, and then you see this long black arm and this shadowy figure holding her. And I was just like, this is brilliant, man. I, I liked everything it, about it, this. The thing that I I appreciated the most is that it follows the idea that don't show them, don't show the audience too much. Right. It's what you envision that monster, in this case, Diana or Diana, or right, right, uh, to look like is is what you project. Right. All Very we true. all we really get to see of her is a silhouette. A silhouette. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, that's what we get to see. So you kind of project your own fear. Less is always more. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like you know when you talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, people think, "Oh, it's a bloody film." It's really it's not. not. It, I mean, it's so much of it is what you project into. Right. Yeah. And this is this follows that same principle. Perfectly. Yes. I mean, it's so good in, in the execution of that. Right on. 
I will say one of my only complaints with the film um, is I feel like it's a little murky on understanding what exactly uh, she was. Right. Like, and That's true. like what we've just witnessed by the time we're done. Are we dealing with a friend, ghost, a yeah. demon? Like, I don't understand. It doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things, but that is something I wish I had a better grasp right. on. But again, then it suddenly is not a slick movie, which it was. Right. So, you know, you take the, the you know, the good with the bad on those things. But, I mean, maybe you guys have more insight on that. I just, I didn't really understand. Like, I understood the history that we explore, and we don't have to go through every detail. Oh, right. I know you did. Um, on on who she is and what had happened to her, but in the end, what is she? Uh, my understanding was she was like a dark manifestation of who she was, and they make one reference point. One, just like you're talking about, they make just one reference point that when she was a child, she could she could get into people's heads, and you know so make them make just... them do th- make them do things and can kind of control them, and when they killed her accidentally she never went away she like manifested and at, and you can go four or five different directions with this but as long as maria bello took her pills yeah she kept diana at bay so i'm with you it's like so if she was truly a demon was she really there? Was she all in Maria Bello's head? Did she manifest her? I'm with you yeah, on that, but I don't want to, like you said, I didn't want to ask too many questions because like, I just liked it. I felt like the ending was powerful, but also a cop-out for that problem. Right, right, right. Because you know once mean? she was... Because, okay, it's like, yeah. is she a ghost? Is she is she just, you know, out of this world, you know, otherworldly? Is right. she uh, some form of demonic... Uh, you know, reemergence. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of left in the wind, and and then to to build on top of that with medication for Bello and why that would affect the children, her children seeing it is kind of a <laughs> right. kind, of a, kind can, of a miss. Can we, do do we want to talk about the ending right now? That's fine. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Because spoiler, if you still if you still didn't tune out, if you fast forward and think you're gonna get back. It's still a spoiler alert coming. So five, four, three, two, one. So at the very end, when the the mom kills herself, you're you're dealing with a couple things right there uh, that are pretty strong. A, yeah. the daughter just watched her mom blow her brains out. Yeah, which is like incredibly dark for the yeah. Oh, for yeah. A, but at the same like time, movie. you're also relieved. I mean, it's to some weird. I mean, this is all happening within a millisecond. But the monster she watched the monster die. Yeah, and let's right. be honest, the mom wasn't living anymore. No, right. no, no, no. She was existing, just hiding in a room, yeah, just swallowing pill after pill, to you know, because they're for it's a, it's a horrible existence, to right? Have. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah. a second, I thought, well, wait, was this all in her head? And I'm like, hold on, no, they were they were actually throwing these people around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I felt like it got kind of murky there. Right, uh, yes, but no, yes, yes, yes. yeah, insanely dark uh, for because she's watching it. The daughter didn't look away. Yeah, she's like full on like. No, go ahead, mom. I'm gonna watch this. And yeah. she just flat out. It's just like it's like live. She shoots at her and she goes, "You can't kill me." And she's like, "Oh yeah, there is no you without me." And it's just like, "Oh, whoa, where's this going?" Oh, never mind. It went there. It just yeah. went there. <laughs> like, it, and then she makes that leap and it dissipates. I was one of the children when it went. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Didn't happen. That's all right. Still, still very. Enjoyable. It's like that Fight Club ending. It's like you couldn't have took a different angle. Yeah. <laughs> at the very end, though, at the, at the very, very end, yeah. when 
they're sitting in the back of the ambulance. Yeah. And the lights kind of flicker for a second. And, yeah. And you're thinking, oh. Keep in mind, the street is also very dimly lit. There's no street lights. It's right. just the, ambu- yeah. the police lights. But I was I actually said out loud, okay, go ahead and play the moment where you think it's ah. ambiguous ending, and it didn't come. But because it was there. The ambiguous ending was there and was taken out after test audiences. Was it? The, okay, I didn't know that. that. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. I didn't see it. Look into that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, well, I, I just I, I, I read it after. I read it after. I was waiting fact. on like the like to flicker off and yeah. you hear like. I can see why they wouldn't like it though, because then mom's death was in vain. You've already yes. depressed exactly the, uh, mainstream audiences because this isn't an obscure horror title. This was played everywhere. Right. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. want oh, to yeah. watch this, yeah. and a lot of people will continue to watch it. You can buy it pretty much at any store. Yeah. Um, so I can see why that wouldn't test well because you you just watched her blow her head off to, for no for reason the, for the better you know of the children to protect her children and to ha- turn around and have it maybe be all we're for just nothing. jaded because every film you know we grew up with always had like a thing at the end where you're like oh it's not over you know yeah but I was I was waiting on that moment it's right. like well let's go ahead and set you know the tone for part two oh, it and it, it never came which is good which I'm glad they did. <laughs> They well, did that that way. The scary ending was for the boyfriend. It's like, buddy, do you realize what you've just inherited? Yeah. You now have a child, a dog, and a wife. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Hashtag she got mommy issues. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You can't leave that now. And, and like we just said, she just watched her mom blow her head off. She has to deal with this demon that's been in her yeah. life. And old her. boy's just like, what do you want for dinner? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need to get some groceries. Let's just do this. God, it's a fight every time. Uh, final thoughts on uh, final thoughts on this. Uh, this is one I would uh, wide, widely recommend. Yes, I think any yes. type of horror fan uh, can find different ways uh, to enjoy this one. Um, yeah, the minor complaints overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, movie was so successful, it made its money back night one. Really? So the uh, no, that's what I'm saying. You vote with your dollar. So four people so, bought tickets. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm no just but it made its money back night one. So I guess a sequel has already been greenlit or some project of his. Has already Good. been greenlit, so we're gonna get to see more cool stuff like this. So I suggest you go out and watch this, yeah. so that way we get more people into the theater when his next thing comes out. It feels like James Wan is individually saving modern mainstream horror. Oh, he is, because I guarantee you, a number of people went to watch this because his name was slapped up on the top of the poster. See, and that's the thing—I didn't know that it was until I just read that for this show, like just now. But you're right, it has that feel. Yeah. Which is good, that's not yeah. a knock in any way. Like, right. cool, we've now got another talent getting to make what he wants, that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Final thoughts? I absolutely recommend it. Uh, the best way I can put it is um, classic theme with modern uh, technological appointments. Cool. You know, because like I say, visually it was great, the story was simple. Watch it. Sure. Fuck you, Definitely. Chad. <laughs> I, mean, I like it. No, I, just, no, I, I see like you smirking. No, I just like how your big I, see I just like how your big compliment is like, man, the 4K looks amazing, bro. <laughs> hey, he's just <laughs> excited. We got a new one to cover. I, I can just tell that they use like Noxzema. You know, all their pores were clean. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, so we are done with that one. Moving on, my selection. Blood Diner. Can we get yes. some basic information on Rybone's favorite movie? <laughs> 1987. Big year for movies. 1987. Yeah. Directed by Jackie Kong. Written by Michael Soigne? 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 Sure. Whatever. Um, starring S. Rick Burks, 
Carl Drew and Drew Goddard. Let's be honest, starring is loosely used there. <laughs> there is no look, household names in this. There look, when most you, of them aren't actors. When you look up IMDb no. and none of your actors have <laughs> well, pictures. Well, seriously, most of them are from bands. Yeah. yeah, when you look up IMDb and none of the actors have pictures right. at all, and that's your main cast, <laughs> you're like, nah, I'm good. It's like that Facebook stock photo before you really upload one, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, initial thoughts. Let's go with Rybones yes. first. I, so you owe me an hour and a half of life. <laughs> uh, Jackie Kong does. <laughs> no, 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 because I watched it because this was your pick. You would have came across it. <laughs> um, holy shit, was this terrible. <laughs> what? And I'm, I, 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 real, I did not... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't tell you how how many times I sat at home watching this going like, do they enjoy this or is this just like a so let me let me like ask it. you this is there anything you enjoyed about it nothing okay. oh nothing well, nothing well we'll get further into that then okay. initial thoughts <laughs> I love Bad this Chan. movie okay <laughs> this movie, we're gonna have a great no, 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 here this I love movie it. was I love it. literally I sat down <laughs> I watched the preview before I got my hands on the actual copy the uh, the release. Um, before I got my hands on that, I sat down and watched a preview just so I knew what I was getting into. I was sold 30 seconds into the opening preview. I was like, oh, this is, this looks amazing. And it did not let me down. There was not one thing in this movie that let me down because I went in, I wanted camp, I wanted cheesy gore, I wanted 80s, 80s blood, guts, gat. It had everything I wanted out of this movie. Awesome. Especially um, the one-liners. Oh my God, the comedy in this movie. <laughs> so first viewing for both of you. Yes, yes, which is, yes, yes, yes. Always awesome, even if you hate it. It's still you know a nice excuse to watch these films. Um, this was my second viewing. Uh, Hot Toddy actually gave me a Christmas pack uh, years <laughs> back that had this on it. I'd always heard of it and hadn't gotten around to watched it, watching right it. So I watched it on that DVD. And then when Bestron released it, I picked that up. Um, I won't say that I love the film, but I do like it a lot. And we'll go more into why, um, but I completely understand why you don't. Is, is it, is, am I out of line saying that this has just been recently released? Oh, no, re- no, re- on re- DVD? no, on Blu ray. Okay, okay, so that's what, okay, that. Yep. I, I kind of had that air of something uh, where it was newly released. Right. I was inspired to pick okay, this because gotcha. Vestron Video uh, has partnered with Lionsgate. And they released their first two here just a matter of weeks ago with Chopping Mall and Blood Diner, both okay. of which have massive cult followings and have been in a decent demand for a restoration and a Blu-ray treatment. So, it, you know, it's pretty exciting news, even if you're not excited about all the titles, because Lionsgate has a huge library of movies that haven't been sure. upgraded. So the possibilities, I think, are endless at this point. So this is just kind of the beginning of that, and I thought it would be a fun reason uh, to pick one out that maybe a lot of people are revisiting because of that launch. Yeah. Um, Here's a key to success for this film for me. Oh God, because, <laughs> hear me out here. This Now look, this is a shitty movie. There isn't, I'm not going to try and sell it as anything other than that. Right. And here's why I like it. Because it's not trying to sell you anything other than that. No. I don't mind a shitty movie if, they, if they're trying to have fun. Um, and that's what's going on here. The problem is when you're not laughing with them, you're laughing at them. Something like Troll 2. That thing is a pile of shit that had <laughs> a director who was full of himself and thought he was making a good film. That's not the same experience. No. It's almost a mean-spirited view. And it's not our fault. You made a pile of shit. Right. And now it's developed a cult following for their own reasons. With this, they set out from day one 
to make a cheap, fun film that's just touching on all of the classic things that were going on at the time in 80s cult cinema and horror uh, with excessive gore and sleaze. Um, you know, just really over-the-top stuff. And something else that I think is important to remember, a percentage of listeners will understand this, this was originally a sequel to Blood Feast, the Herschel Gordon Lewis sequel. I did not know that. It was called Blood Feast 2. I did not know that. The studio finally said, uh-uh, no. I don't know if the name would have helped it. but Well, oh, it, it would have brought out people in droves if they would have oh, it, came out for that reason because Lewis is worshipped. Well, yeah, the H.G. Lewis fans would have been. Yeah. yeah. And so, But the studio made him change it. And they threw around different ideas. It was going to be called Smorgasbord, Blood Buffet. But it was basically just a, a fun kind of spiritual sequel to the 60s gore classic. Right um, and so the reason I enjoy it is because, A, I think that they're actually a little bit more talented with comedy than they'll ever get credit for. There were actually moments where I laughed out loud oh, just based on strict comedy, not because it was so bad that right, it was funny. Right. Like just some actual funny moments like when vitamin C... So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's clearly not regurgitating lines that somebody's being stuffing about. They're having fun. And when he's like, I'll tell you what, you know, this is the best, ve- what's he say? This is the best veg- vegan burger, vegan burger I've had in a son of a bitch in time. I mean, it's, and like the, the detective that punches the other one in the stomach. Like, we're, we're tapping into some fairly decent uh, comedy routines for what, you know, for all intents and purposes, is a completely amateur cast. And so that's the difference for me. It, it doesn't go too sleazy. It's, I mean, we have a naked woman kung fu fighting a guy down by the beach. I, I mean, these things so are not meant to actually titillate you. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's well, just, it didn't work. Yeah, it's just very good. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, this is, um, it's, it, it is a messy, sloppy fun ass time like to me this is the kind of up all night movie you know what I mean like you have friends over you're drinking beer you throw this on at one and just laugh and you got like the gross out stuff it never gets too sleazy or rapey or anything like that too rapey street trash trash trash. does like street trash embodies a lot of the same things as this but they had (laughs) clearly more money and like we're trying to push some odd buttons whereas this one isn't and uh, one other thing I do want to point out about this film that I think is interesting is that the female director made all of the men idiots across the board. Every single male in this movie is a moron. Um, yep. And then most of the women So much are, like real life. Yeah, most of the women are too. <laughs> There's only a couple. Um, I cannot remember her name. Um, the female detective. She appeared oh. to have the best acting chops out of anyone in the, right. in the movie. I don't know if it's because she had the only straight role. Um but yeah, this I requested before we even started recording that we not try and go through a recap right. yeah, of yeah. the story from start to finish because no. it is a disjointed mess. Um, I'll just say this, and then I want to hear what all you guys have to say and uh, about the movie, things you enjoyed or didn't. Um, just that it, it starts out early on with a decent little fun premise. And within like the end of the first act, nothing makes sense really anymore. Like it still, <laughs> loo- it still loosely follows what the end goal was, which we can at least touch on the first act and and what right the general idea is that they were setting out with. But 
then it just becomes nonsense. Once you see the one guy end up on TV wrestling a Nazi guy, <laughs> everything starts coming undone after that. And with that, uh, some thoughts on the movie. Um, okay, so in the first act, we get the very first, we start out, we see a, a mother leaving two kids alone. Because she has to... What was she going to get? Uh, to get some goddamn tampons. And I'll quote her yeah, on that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Never heard someone so angry about tampons. Didn't she say, like, I'm out? Or I, or, or they they don't last as long? There was some kind of line there that I was yeah. like, really? Not to mention, we're hearing on the radio, which right. I'm sure you're getting ready to say, right. uh, that we have a killer on the loose who is walking around with his <laughs> genitals in one hand and a butcher or a hatchet or a yeah. cleaver, cleaver in the other hand. I mean, as you do. Yeah. And right so she's going out for tampons while that's going on and leaving her two children at home where yeah. her advice is don't you open that door for anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that. That's so we get 80s. to see the we get to see the cool quintessential eighties. Um we hear the heavy breathing and panting. Mm-hmm. Um then the door handle starts to jiggle and then a hatchet starts coming or the cleaver starts coming through the door. The two Which kids are getting to be made of uh paper. <laughs> yeah. It had this it had this Tremendous white light and smoke behind it, which yeah. I always love. Every time they do that, but so the, our, this uh, figure comes through the door. Crazy figures here. Yes, and he comes over and he puts the he puts the cleaver down, and it's their uncle. It's yeah. the two boys' uncle, and he gives them five million euro amulets. What's it with amulets? I don't know, dude. He gives them five million year old friendship bracelets. No, they're necklaces. But and then he has just slaughtered a whole bunch of people, and he's going out to face the cops, face his doom, and this is the premise for our first act. The two guys have grown up. They're running a diner, and they're... he requests when. Right, right. Go ahead. Uh, he requests, you know, for them to dabble in some black magic right, right, later right. on down the road. So he and uh, their goal is they bring their uncle back yes. to life as a brain with eyes mm-hmm. and I think a tongue or is it that, that just a spinal cord that lives mm-hmm. in a jar because yes. it talks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Are you er- kidding me? You didn't er- like that box? Early on, it has some lightning like going on around it, <laughs> oh, like two God. different times, and then it's never there again the rest of the movie. Oh, Ran out of money. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got like some kind of charge going on with the stuff on the top that they've got with wires, and it's right. always bubbling. Um, but yeah, so they've brought him back with Love the goal it. to uh, to build a female body for Shatar. 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 I just turned into a white girl. Shitar is even. a five million year old. I can't even. I, I, matter of fact, I literally can't even. Oh my god! Have so, fun. <laughs> so that's the premises for our movie. Basically, that's it. The two guys are running around collecting body different parts. body parts yeah. to fill this body to bring Shitar back to back She's to like life. She's like a patch patchwork quilt. She is the bride <laughs> of Reanimator. Yeah. She's yeah. like Frankenhooker. Yes, if you ever watched that. Yes. Which, Actually, kind of ripped this off a few years later. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a fun movie. Here's here's something I'll throw in because maybe maybe it's my fault I didn't like it. I will. Oh, it's it, definitely your fault. I will. <laughs> I'll put that on the table because uh, not too long ago there was a film that I wanted to watch uh, and I watched the trailer for it. I was like, eh, let me see what this is about. And the trailer gave so much away. It gave the whole the whole movie away right. that I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. So. You know, when you guys said Blood Diner, I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch it. Right. I had no idea what the tone was. 
I had no idea what what the. Um, so you sat down. Ex- I didn't know if it was yeah, horror you or comedy. It might be a, a I had straight, no. Yeah. I literally had zero. That's completely fair. Because this. So this, when I watched yeah. it, I really didn't know what I was getting into, and I didn't know if I was supposed to take it serious at times or not. And, and don't get me wrong, that that was part of the thing. The other part was it seemed like the entire dialogue of the film was uh, overdubbed. <laughs> like right. every oh, yeah. line was overdubbed and I, it just took me right out of the movie yeah. like oh my god I'm watching the worst overdubs yeah well, no, they, had, they added some in, added in some really good one liners uh, but not everything worked yeah but it, it was it, with my you know with my ear I can hear where they punched in and overdubbed and I'm like yeah no they didn't correct me, some of the stuff clearly. oh my gosh I, this yeah. was a shoestring budget three things to defend that part's not my fault <laughs> three things to defend where you're coming from yeah. one the artwork is classic 80s artwork it is beautiful Absolutely. it has nothing to do with the film like, <laughs> like yes, so many movies true. in the 80s yes. so if all you had to go on for instance was the cover Big old disappointment because you're thinking <laughs> yeah. like it's gonna kind of be like Motel Hell. They're gonna be serving up God knows what at this diner, and yes. it's really kind of an afterthought in the grand scheme of what we're watching. How many times? Not not to interject here, but necessarily, but how many times did you guys rent a movie at the movie store as a kid, and it turned out to be nothing like the box art? Uh, all frequently. Oh yeah, my I mean, god! It was, like, it was a huge part of the '80s. Yes. I mean, it was just sell it by the cover, and if they watch it once, good enough. Yes. Uh, two. I totally sympathize with where you're coming from because if you are not in the mood for a movie like this or you didn't realize it going into yeah. it, that can be a very, I I would even say, get angry experience. Like where you're halfway <laughs> through it and you start getting agitated. So no, I completely understand where you're coming from. And three, this isn't a good movie. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not trying to sell you or listeners on that, but I will say this. Normally I, I do the recommendations thing for who... Uh, when we're yeah. done covering the movie, I'll just make this clear now. This is for a select group, yeah. uh, percentage of horror fans, not ones that know more or anything like that. Just ones who eat up the messy shit of the 80s, who love the sloppy, gory, slapstick, campy movies. That's what this is. This this never takes itself serious. It never tries to actually scare you. It's just nonsense. It's supposed to be a good time. And with what you were talking about with the plot line, if you just look at it like this... We have the guy at the beginning, he dies, he has the last wishes, we bring him back with a goal to basically revive through body parts. I was getting too deep. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. Just, but I, the, the best way to watch this, if this interests people and puts them on the fence, if you go into, into it watching it like this, where we have these two dudes running a bullshit vegan diner, where they're trying to basically piece together a woman as a vehicle for the end goal that they want. God, it sounds so bad when you say it. Well, I mean, it's really no different than Frankenstein. But that's no. what it is. But, it is. but that's, that's all it is. No. Uh, everything else is just bizarre additions that I promise yeah. you, you won't forget quickly when you're watching the guy with his Nazi arm bracelet rest- <laughs> doing pro wrestling. Uh, you're watching uh, Vitamin C is his name, right. uh, sitting in the restaurant that I referenced earlier. He starts talking movie. shit about the wrestling, which angers the guy working, yeah. who then jumps up, chokes him in a headlock type deal from behind, and makes him puke all over the place, which then starts making other people puke. It's just, it's 80s fair. And so if you go into it knowing that, you might actually have a pretty good time, but like I said, I'm I will not recommend this to most people. This is just no. for people who have the interest of that 
moment in time who who have a fun time with it. I mean, you guys can understand. I watch a lot of shitty B movies, right? Like especially with all those scream queens. Right. This thing looks like, you know, like <laughs> right. big, big you time know compared there, to There's a lot of fans of horror that are that way. I am not one. Well, that's I'm okay. Not, I am. I'm not that guy. And I know there's a lot of people that do, and that's fine. I'm not one of those guys that's like, let's put in a really crappy movie and watch it. I'm thinking, I could do so much better with 90 minutes of my life. Totally get that. Yeah. So that's just me, though. So if see, you're into that, that, or if you're an invalid that can't change the channel and somebody puts <laughs> this in, knock yourself out. For me, it's just, I want to watch it all. Oh, definitely. And and that's how I, you know, some, complete, sometimes back, back ways. <laughs> in, oh, dude, that's what doing the show's about for me. I get this, get these recommendations. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked this up on yeah. my own. So th- this is one that there's still fun to be had, but it, it's, it takes a certain type of viewer but the, those certain types will love this movie if you have ever passed out in the lobby of a horror convention this movie is for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, one I Everybody would also right pair with this is Blood Sucking Pharaohs of Pittsburgh <laughs> yes I have watched that Tom Savini helped with it uh, which we also get into kind of some uh, Egyptian lore and bizarre uh, practices in, in modern metro areas but yeah, with this one, I mean, there, if there's some moments we want to hit on, that we I did. I got a couple crazy, that I really like. Um, you talked about the naked woman karate fighting. Yes, dude, my favorite part of that whole sequence is at the end when he just gets pissed off and kicks, <laughs> yeah. kicks the torso across the ground. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he just gets pissed off and just kicks the torso. Just damn. Oh, I love some of the that. line, the one-liners in this are just so god awful. Oh, dude, and the crazy yeah. restaurant owner around the corner who talks through the dummy. Yeah. Love that dude. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which they never explain. <laughs> which is no. the best part And people of were it. talking back to it. Yeah. They're looking at him like they hear yeah. him, the guy that's doing the ventriloquist yeah. work. They're looking at him like they hear it coming from there. I'm like, what? It's like, well, I did just watch vitamin C projectile vomit all over five people, so and, what the hell. And you can tell that they lost some money somewhere going on. Because the, when the people turn into zombies, they turn into a shitty shade of green, yeah. where yeah. you can see fingerprints in their makeup. Oh man, that I, there was lots about this movie. That, I mean, I was all in, dude. Like from the time when he was just uh, he, when he lathered her up in batter and deep fried her head, dude. and her head came out as a huge hush puppy. That was amazing. I was in, dude. That I was, was so in. There's two things. There's two <laughs> two deaths, so to speak, in this that. That set the tone for me. That was one, yeah. and I thought this is so incredibly ridiculous. Right, but that's kind of funny. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know when he batters her up. That'd and throw be her a in good uh, blurt to throw in the case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you like hush puppies? <laughs> Rent this movie. But the other is when the guy backs over the dude yeah. with the van like fifty times. I got this. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Oh, I'm like how many times are you gonna hit this dude? And the, the cop, we touched on him earlier, I told you guys, but there's this one-liner. They go in, and they shoot down all the aerobics, all yeah, the girls, we topless, topless girls in the aerobic. Yeah, who do the oh, yeah, filming yeah, yeah, yeah. topless. And then he comes in, and he's just like, the chief said, there's like, chief, are you coming? He said, nah, I'm going to stay here and gather the guts to call their parents. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, because they were gathering up body parts. I loved it. Yeah, but I'm, oh, dude, um, so, I'm, I'm all in on this movie. Yeah, so man. we end up achieving the goal of getting the brain into the, right, uh, right. and she's attacking people Who in the club scene. It's absurd. Uh, but like I said, certain percentage, if this interests you, if you like the gore, the weird comedy, the teetering on sleaze, check it out. It's, it's. It's certainly got its following. That's why Vestron <laughs> put it out as one of their first. Right. Uh, but not for everybody, certainly. Right. I mean, had I known that it was 
it was a comedic horror thing, and I watched it with a group of friends rather than by myself and had no idea, yeah. I probably would have a different opinion of this. Oh, yeah. But watching it the way I did, I'm like, what is this steaming yeah. pile of shit? Hey, in Chicago, <laughs> we'll watch it together again. Get ready. Oh, uh-huh. All right. Any uh, final, any extra thoughts? Nothing? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, really it's happening out of Chicago now, apparently. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the last selection, picked by Rybones, The Uninvited. Mad Jan. 2009, yes. directed by Thomas and Charles Gard, the Gard brothers, and written by Craig Rosenberg, Doug Miro, and Carlo Bernard. Notice I said three guys. Um, starring Emily Browning, Ariel Kebbell, uh, David Straight the and uh, Elizabeth Banks. Um, just want to point out, I really like Ariel Kebbell and everything she's in. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, initial thoughts. I, I, this is another one of those films that I watched for my 31 Nights of Horror uh, for 2016. And I picked it at random out of Netflix. And it had some good scores on it. I thought, hey, I'd give it a whirl. I just put it in my queue. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't want to know anything. I wanted to go into it just just knowing the title. That's it. Right. And I thought it was great. I really thought it was great. I, uh, there is an M. Night Shyamalan kind of twist. You thought it was great? Uh, I did. Okay. I, re- I really did. Um, I thought it was a, a good story. I, well, put it this way. My dumb ass didn't see it coming. <laughs> So, that, <laughs> so I guess that means to me it was good. Okay. You know, if other people saw it coming, then they're smarter than me, which is it, it's not saying much. But um, I enjoyed it, and um, I I was pleasantly surprised with the end. Cool, cool, Mad Chan. Um, I liked Elizabeth Banks in this movie. Mm-hmm. I liked Ariel Kebble in this movie. I liked uh, Emily Browning in this movie, and um, a few other things. But I mean. Overall, it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I was expecting a horror movie. I got a slow-moving thriller. Um, much in the vein of thrillers that I like, don't get me wrong. Hand Rocks the Cradle, kind of, you know, Demi, or what's her name? Uh, ah, whatever. I You know, it was one of those, ni- it felt like one of those 90s movies, a mm. throwback. You know, the mother's coming in to take over the family, the new mom, right. the family. So I, I, I looked forward to it, and I liked it in that respect. Didn't like it as a horror movie. Okay. Didn't think it was a horror movie. And, uh, I can see that. I can see I totally that. see where you're coming from that. I actually put a note down that said fairly watered down horror, more right. of a more of an effective thriller. There you go. There um, yes, I would agree with Rebecca that. Rebecca DeMornay, who I was trying to think of. But in fairness, for the pick, it's called yeah. The Uninvited. It's sold like a horror movie. Um, I feel like the ghosts that we deal with are a uh, kind of to cater to that. Uh, as, a, as opposed to being more, you know, necessary to the story. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. It's it's one of those ones where I unfortunately have watched... I don't want to write this off as, as copying anything because it didn't. I don't mean that. But I've watched enough movies that made me cautious of some things going on in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, here's what I enjoyed about it. I liked that they took it serious and brought mm-hmm. in talented adults uh, to help with a you know budding star and the girl that was uh, in Sucker Punch, uh, the main one, um, you know, because Elizabeth Banks and David Heron is they're both very talented performers. 
And there were some other little bit parts from adults in there too that are that are very very good character actors. So they clearly took the movie seriously. Um, and I'm not doing the Monday morning quarterback. I questioned it. I didn't have it figured out. There were other pieces, right. but the thing, and I'm not going to give anything away yet. But the the thing that kept weirding me out was the diversion um, with almost Hitchcockian approach to questioning Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I wonder when they're continually having me look over here at her if it's to keep me from fixating. On other things, right. which is a simple fact that any time these sisters are together, nobody else is ever near them. Right, right. And that was kind of, I'm with you, that was the thing. You start to wonder, well, why? Yeah. It's, it's interactions. And I'll tell you the moment when they pushed it too far for me with yeah. that is when she is in the bathtub with her. Yep. And she goes, she'll go. And then there's enough pauses. The conversation doesn't fit for three people. Right. And... She says, no, I'll stay here and go through the house. And I was like, this is weird. Hold up a second. Right, um, right. Okay, right. where did she just come from at the beginning of the movie? And that's when I started. Now, other things that we spell out on the backstory right. that we learn that are actually applied in other ways, I didn't guess all that. I'm not yeah, I to didn't. say that. The, the, uh, I didn't get the one, the one thing with the, the other woman. Until until the end, yeah. until they told me. But the bathtub scene, yeah. is when they showed their hand a little too much for me. Right, right, it didn't spoil the movie or affect the enjoyment of it. But yeah, the cadence to the conversation wasn't matching up, and the fact that one insisted on staying at home while the other went with her made me go, "Aha!" That was <laughs> Wait a sixth, minute, sixth sense moment. Yes, right, and right. and I'm not trying to blow the wad on that. We can yeah. go into that more. But just my overall thoughts of the movie. I would not recommend this to every horror fan. Right. But I wouldn't say don't watch the movie because it still has its merits. It was entertaining. Yeah. I like the setting uh, that feels uh, like a Stephen King town, where, mm. you know, with the coastal town. Oh, definitely. Um, and, and it's very Hitchcockian in the approach of, um, uh, you know, kind of like Shadow of a Doubt, uh, where we're not sure if the uncle is actually a killer that's fled to the family up there in Northern California. In that movie, it kind of right, feels like yeah. that going on here. And when we start getting into them investigating her past, even if you're questioning what if there's another truth to all this, it's still engaging. It's paced well. Right. So this isn't a poor film by no no any means. But I in a in an effort of fairness, it's a horror podcast, so I do have to approach it from that angle. Right. Not a bad movie though. I I did enjoy it. Right on. Right on. Um. Where do, you, where do you want to go, Bones? Do you, well, want to start, do you want to start telling the story? Do you want to give the premise of the story? Here's the thing. I agree with that. And, and it was hard for me to uh, decide to pick. You know, when you guys called me and said, pick a movie. And I thought, ah. And I just came off of, you know, 31 nights of horror. So every night for the month of October to watch a film. And that was the only one that I watched that I thought, this is probably really worth talking about. And, but but I also wrestled with the idea because I knew it wasn't like a straight up horror horror film. Per right, se. right. It was more of a psychological thriller. Oh, right. you don't have to defend it. If oh, I went no, in, no, if no. I went in a store, I would pick that case up and go horror movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's worth reviewing. Yeah, regardless. So in, in that regard, I kind of knew going into this that that this may not be the perfect pick, but I thought it was certainly worth recommending. Oh, okay. or certainly worth bringing up. Um, it makes listening more interesting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not just always picking things that you think people will love, that you're 
you know, yeah. really reviewing. But it was the it was the That's one good. film that you know, particularly when I watched it and I and I it got to the end, and I just thought, whoa, like a lot of things. Like you know, you get those films sometimes that were you know, like Ocean's Eleven or something, where right at the end all the pieces kind of fall together, and you go, oh. and that, right. this was one of those. And I thought there was a lot of dark moments to get to that point. Very much. Dark-ish That's one thing I wanted to, to get to that for point. sure. Um, you know, particularly with the mom uh, and the boathouse and all these kinds mm-hmm. of things. I don't want to give too much away necessarily on this, but uh, I recommend it fully, you know, right out on Front Street. Um, but I, I loved it. I just loved it. Right Maybe not necessarily as a horror film, right per se, but as a dark psychological thriller, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'll, and I'll give you that. Like I said, I just... I went in and, like you said, for, from the art and the, the way I understood it, and then we come right out and we see something, the mother, you know, we see this this creature, this being, this ghost, whatever. I'm thinking, all right, like Lady in the Water, you know, like something sinister, something that's going to be guiding us mm-hmm. through, not necessarily sinister, not leading to death, but something that's guiding us like she has to be stopped. So I was kind of in on that, but like you said, they started throwing things out there. The first hint... Didn't get me. I'm a dad. I've literally had that. I've I've, I've ignored that kid while she while she yelled at me. Yeah. Or not yelled at me, but you, you know I've ignored that kid. Brushed it off. So seriously, like that didn't that didn't even throw me. But like you said, and then you start looking at interactions, and when you watch interactions with people, and then you watch her, uh, Emily Browning. You watch em- Emily's interaction. It's like um, there's you, there definitely wasn't something. Right. Something yeah. wasn't right there. And the way that, um, oh, Banks, she played it perfectly she because she oh, yeah. she had the perfect way of looking through Ariel Kebble without making it obvious. Yeah. And that was, I thought that was really cool. So there were a lot of things about it. and the, But then when we start diving in, like I said, the very end in. I didn't catch that. The 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 girl that the roommate girl that was oh you'll be back I can't wait and she was the I didn't catch that I really didn't so hats off to that but yeah, yeah. Emily Browning herself you kind of got the feeling that something was up there and then we totally abandoned the supernatural aspect of it for a psychological aspect of it and then that's where we stay we don't go back to that ghost and that's what got me. so. Yeah, that we that we treat ghosts as just a manifestation of her, her issues. Yeah, right. right. Um, okay, we're gonna spoil this. We have to. We have to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I have it pretty out. much. So, yeah. I mean, if you didn't learn your lesson earlier, five, uh, episode, four, three, <laughs> but we two, ha- yeah, but we one. have to spoil this, and and because it's important for me to point something out. Yeah. And this is gonna come off as condescending. I don't mean it to. This, in a nutshell, is studios taking an idea that has been beaten to death in the last 10 years and selling it to younger people. Yep. That's what's going on here. Meaning the twist ending? Or? Yes. Yes. Uh, I agree with that. Grizzly would hate this. This is oh, his definitely. number one thing that drives him nuts is this ending. So, originally, we join this girl on her journey uh, through grief and uh, bad situations with her uh, psychiatrist who has deemed her fit to leave uh, where she has been. Uh, we learned during that time uh, that she lost her mom in a fire, and she's grieving through that, but it has been deemed that it's time for her to step on out and finish what she started, as the doctor says, uh, which 
you know, would assume is just the full circle of, you know, like sure. you're ready. Let, it's, let's move to the next chapter in life. You're okay. And so we release her. She goes through the motions. She get she comes home to find a new woman. Not so new because she was the nurse who was the caretaker. Which the is sick, a great twist yeah, there. For the sick yeah. mom. Um, so, and we don't have to go uh, through all the details of that, but we go through some investigative stuff. Um, questioning the, the questionable past of Elizabeth Banks' character. The nurse. Um, so... You know, I, I'm not going to point out the things that you could say were things that you noticed that may gave it away. Because I, I mentioned the one earlier that was a big red flag to me. But uh, with that said, I did think they had some courage here in the ending to go pretty dark with it. Uh, because, oh, my God. Because, yeah. it, you know, if I'm going to, you know, not, and I don't yeah. mean it to come off that way, but if it sounds like I'm wagging my finger about exploiting a, a tired idea, <laughs> um, it, it's that the difference is, is they were, they were, I, they were selling this to younger people, but they didn't shy away from, from, from making the ending they wanted, to be perfectly honest. Because um, as things progress, we find a past uh, to Elizabeth Banks' character uh, where she has a history of hurting other people and she has been outed by our main girl. And, I mean, is there other things you guys want to interject here? I'm not trying to... Oh, no, no, this, no, you're I, good. No, I just wanted no. to get to the ending. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Which is that um, we keep pushing and pushing. There's resistance from her. And eventually we come home and the sister, her sister that we have had throughout the movie, um, is covered in blood. And this is the moment when it all comes together, right. when reality is brought to her attention that her sister died uh, in the fire back then that she created right. uh, because she discovered her father in relations with the nurse. Uh, you know, you can only imagine what dad was going through uh, and probably, you know, just went to the person who was taking care of all of them. You know, it's... Uh, you needed to lean on somebody yeah. and found comfort. And so she was going up to go after them. And what she didn't realize is she had spilled gasoline all the way. And yeah. it killed her mother. It killed her sister. And it, of course, didn't hurt the two that she set out to harm. Or, if nothing else, the woman. Right. So we've now found out that it's her. And it's her psychosis. We see a fairly grisly shot of uh, Banks in the dumpster. Right outside the oh, house dude, there, so which good. I mean that was that was brutal, and that's so one thing good. I don't want to just be dismissive of this as as any kind of fluff. It it still maintained its integrity in that sense, um, and then we realize, you know, as she comes to the realization, the the I don't want to call him boyfriend, but the beginnings of a boyfriend that never showed up and then was found in the water. Well, she killed him. Yeah, he was one of the few that saw in theory, and I use in quotes, both of them. Um, so I think subconsciously she wiped him off. Um, and uh, so, yeah, then we um, end her up back in the hospital, and we see that the roommate across the hallway from her um, is the name of the character that she had created for Elizabeth Banks, as you know, in her former life and her situation right, there right. She's yeah. as, as the negative past when in reality... And Elizabeth Banks, you know, just ended up being a woman who didn't do any of that and got killed. Um, and uh, it there was some darkness there. And this, there was, this goes back to the yeah. end of uh, Lights Out, too. I'm glad that these two are in that episode together for that reason, is that I think we're starting to see an uptick in uh, recent movies, 
you know, having the courage to not make everything tie nicely and be a happy, you know. Yeah, it got dark. So, yeah. Um, Bad. Yeah. The, but, the, yeah. The father's destroyed at the end. Yeah. yeah it, it, like he's his lost whole his world. He's lost yeah, everything. He's got nothing. He lost his wife, his yeah. daughter, his other daughter, Diddy. He lost his new love, that woman he was going to yeah. marry. Like, he's lost, like, he has nothing. He has no place to go. Yeah. yeah. And I, I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed that from that aspect of it. I went into it with a complete with a different mindset, I did like what you said. I like the fact that it went dark, man. Yeah. It went there. And the and you talking about Grizz hating it? Oh yeah, son. When they did that pullback when they did the pullback reveal, he'd have been out. He was he, the first it, person it, I thought of. Literally they, he'd have, they, like he'd have probably chucked the table. Like seriously, yeah. like the pullback reveal and be like, this is the thirty third time, you know, I yeah. wasted money on this. Like that would have but here's the thing that would have been a Grizz. For, for me and and I agree with everything you guys have said. <clears throat> for me, I knew like I said at the beginning of this uh, particular movie we started, it has kind of the M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. you know, the, the twist ending. Right. Like, if somebody told you, it would ruin the whole movie. Yeah. But, you know, again, this is me taking responsibility, saying I'd never watched a trailer, I'd never watched anything, right. so I went into it totally blind. But you can you can point to a lot of movies that are similar. You know, um, what is it, uh, 13 or something with uh, John Cusack and Ray Liotta. Uh, movies that have those little twist endings. Mm-hmm. And, and this... I agree with you. There's absolutely no difference there. This is a twist ending thing, that's okay. but it's, it's. I think it's well done. Yeah, that's... you know, and, and you, you feel uh, like okay, I've seen this type of movie before, but just to know that the, the dad has lost everything. Right. Both daughters, the wife, the girlfriend, the everything. All he's got is keys to like a Jeep Grand Cherokee, and that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that just kind of made it worth it to me to recommend to say it's dark as shit check it out you know no and that's why we're glad to have you on the show though yeah. I mean the fact that you know you're giving your honest opinion is welcome I like that you didn't like Blood Diner but that you know you enjoyed this there's absolutely nothing wrong with that no. by any means um, because not all listeners are the same so you offer a nice perspective right on much appreciated um, so yeah, this is one I personally would not recommend to just, uh, horror fans in general. Um, but man, it's, you said it's on Netflix. I'm without Netflix. At currently it is. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, even, you know, if the, the spoiling part doesn't bother you, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, throw it in the queue, it's, give it a look. Yeah. There's certainly much worse ways to spend your time. Than no, oh there's, there's, definitely, three, there's definitely three lovely ladies you can <laughs> look at in this movie. And Wait, I, can we give a kickoff to Elizabeth Banks? Because in the opening scene of this... She makes her first uh, entrance per se. It's 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 like the girl in Joe Dirt, where you're just oh, like, yeah, holy stuff, shit! Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she just looks phenomenal. Yeah, like that. Look, it's worth it to watch for that alone. I, I and on, on that note, Brittany Daniel, we want to give you a big hello too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> big hello in my um, mouth. Whoa, <laughs> so I no. hello. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this though: uh, not necessarily a lot of people would think. This way about it, but I do think it does have some rewatchability even with the twist ending. Yeah, based on the talented adults in this film right. and the charm of the coastal setting, it's an interesting enough film you could watch that repeatedly. Well, it's at not least something you're going to watch every just to month. put it together. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You'll see things like Ariel Keeble's outfit is the same one she was wearing the night she, you know, when she comes back is the same one she was wearing the night she died. So yeah, you know, little, no, but I mean, it's <laughs> no. Those were the things that in the aftermath I was like, oh, okay. Like a lot doesn't change with, yeah. with the character. Things you don't realize, or at least I didn't realize till hindsight. Um, and then I'm like, oh, 
it's that aha moment. Right. Aha. Right. Where's Very the spoon? Aha. See, I would say the same. Um, definitely, man, throw it in your queue and check, check it out if you haven't been completely turned off by this. Or even if you have. So, I, um, anything else to add on this one? Not for me, man. But you pretty much you summed it out. And uh, like I said, I like the, uh, I really like the ninety. I like the nineties feel of the, uh, the point. hand that rocks the cradle. The that movie. Yeah. But yeah, I just and then the horror twist at the end, that kind of got me there. But it wasn't like like you said. You, it's, it's the mindset. You didn't go into Blood Diner in the right mindset. I came into this expecting ghosts and guys, yeah, you know something yeah i was expecting right. something like lights out i was expecting this figure that's going to yeah. lead her to yeah, the yeah. murder or something yeah. and then they completely after the boyfriend which i will admit was badass after the <laughs> after the boyfriend with the cracking back and shit mm-hmm. they completely almost shied away yeah. from yeah and, and i think i think we like we talked about earlier the box art uh, in this case the netflix art right, right uh certainly paints a picture that is uh one thing and the film's maybe another right um, I think, me personally, yeah. I think the ghost story and the ghost thing was added in at the end. I think they looked at that and said, how can we sell this across the country? Like, As how a are you horror gonna, film. What title are you going to come up with or trailer where you're like, a girl, grief-stricken. Her yeah. family's been burned alive. You know, like, <laughs> like kids aren't going to go watch that, but if you put up, you know, like a kid popping out from under an oven... And a title, yeah, the Uninvited. Oh, yeah. Friday night, school's out. Let's all go. That's what we're going to go And on, so yeah. I think that's what happened there. So, I, you know, in fairness to the film, I think it still holds its merits and is, and is well enough made. But I think it was more of a marketing ploy well, to do it, that. So what I year think, did Insidious come out? Do you remember? I have no idea. Probably around this. This was 09, right? Yeah. Two thousand ten. No, no, no. I had no. I had to know because it really feels like exactly like what you're saying. It's like you pop this up next. You pop up a James Wan trailer and you pop up something like this. You have to be a contender, man. Yeah. Like you just said, you throw a kid out there and it's like the uninvited. Yeah. It's like you're next, or this is gonna happen sure. to you. You follow three little kids through a graveyard. That's way more appealing than you hunting down with your sister. Like you go, I'll stay here. You know, you have to pick those trailer moments. So yeah. I get you. So, I mean, for me in closing on this, if you are just a straight-up horror nut and that's all you watch, you can skip this. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, it's got its merits, especially with it being free on Netflix. I would recommend if you have any, you know, shred of interest in that, check it out. It's it's not a poorly made film and certainly held my attention. So, uh, nice pick. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add to this one, gentlemen? No, I think it wrapped up a wrapped up another one nicely, man. Yeah, Most I think definitely. if you look at this film and you look at um, like if you were on you know the IMDb or something and you looked at like other films that are like this, um, I'm probably not going to say the I, I don't remember the name, but like the Leonardo DiCaprio where he's on the island, Shutter Island, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like that's in the same vein. Secret um, Window. Yeah, I mean films that have kind of a twist to it. Um, which I know kind of get a bad rap, but I felt like this one was good enough to recommend. Oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed no. it. I thought it was a good time. If you're going to watch it, I mean, if you've heard all the spoilers, whatever, but if <laughs> if you have watched it and you didn't watch a trailer or anything, I think you'll enjoy it. As, psych- as a psychological thriller, I think you'll enjoy it. 
All right, John. Okay. Well, uh, signing off, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in again. And as we uh, navigate our way through rotating hosts and uh, different audio equipment, we appreciate you for sticking <laughs> with us and checking all of it out. Uh, we have had fun this evening, that is for sure. Definitely. I am for Professor sure. Wagstaff, signing off, and... Matt Chan. And Rye Bones. Thanks for listening. Stay scary. Yeah, this is what I was...